Ernest, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over there and start using it now. All right, guys. Welcome to our special edition of YouTube series. This is what we call open enrollment, if anybody's not familiar. So the open enrollment started, uh, but EYL University, you know, we, we tried to take the best elements of formal education and take away the stuff that's not needed, but keep some of the good stuff because there are some good structures in place. So when going to college, if you ever went to college, you know that, um, they have like open enrollment. Yeah, every every fall and sometimes in, in in the spring semester too. Like somebody's joining that's new. Yeah. So what the open enrollment is for college is that it's like once you become a freshman or when yeah, when you become a new student, um, it's like orientation kind of mm-hmm. similar type of vibe. They they bring you into the met the, the auditorium or they bring you into the large space and everybody sits down. And they tell you about what's they happening. They go over the whole college. Yeah, the pros, this is what we're doing here. This is what we have. This is all of the benefits. This is where the swimming pool is. This is, you know, <laughs> yeah, you went to some good schools, man. <laughs> this is this. That's what they. That's what they give you. Um, right. But Julian, Julian did tell you went to Stanford. That's a. Um, all right. Yeah, I did. <laughs> so, um, so we said that'd be a dope idea for EYL University instead of like giving them a sales pitch of why you should join EYL University. Once a once a month, we'll just give an open class to the public. Mm-hmm. And it's like an open insight into what we actually do do on EYL University on a weekly basis. So every week we have a guest professor that comes in and teaches a class. And some classes are on real estate, some classes are on stocks, some classes are on credit, um, legal structure, mm-hmm. how to set up an LLC, wills, trust, all kinds of different yeah. stuff. So the last Wednesday of every single month we do this and it's on our YouTube channel so everybody can actually see it. Then we also put it on podcast outlets so everybody can hear it. And um, the theory behind it is that if you have a good product, you should be able to show it. You shouldn't, it shouldn't be like a, a yeah. secret where it's yeah. like, 
No, you have to join it, and nobody's yeah, ever going to know what happens yeah. behind these doors except for the members. It's not like a secret society. Yeah, nobody's pulling the rug from under you. Trust me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so that's what we're doing, and um, we pick a different topic every month. So the biggest episode, I believe, so far this year, right? Uh, It's close. It's close. It's so, all, he's up by almost at 90,000. Yeah. Nikki did crazy. Nikki I mean, we had yeah, – January's been crazy. Uh, Was Julian Gordon. So episode just came out a few weeks ago. Yep. But uh, – Julian, if you didn't watch the episode, A, watch the episode, first and foremost. But uh, he talked about real estate, but from a multifamily home perspective. Mm -hmm. So the episode was really dope, and we talked about a lot of different things, whether it's FHA loans, 203K loans, um, Section 8 housing uh, for landlords. Gave a new perspective on gentrification. Gentrification. Which is, uh, yes, sir. The philosophy of investing um hurdles that stop people from investing mm -hmm. went through a whole went through a whole gambit of it so after that a lot of people have like questions right it, that always happens with like real popular episodes where they see it but it's like well he didn't talk about this or what about this or what if we did this a little different than doing this and doing yeah. that so we thought it'd be a perfect time to have a follow-up conversation about real estate multifamily home real estate investing to be specific and that's what we're going to do today. So um, before I throw it to Julian, I'll just give a quick rundown of EYL University, what it actually is. So EYL University is a community that we built with over 12,000 students. Um, and it really is a community because we have a lot of different things. So we have a movie club, we have a book club, we have accountability groups with, um, you know, people that actually hold themselves accountable for mm -hmm. reaching their goals. Mm -hmm. um, we have international divisions. We're in the, the UK right now. So we're going to meet, shout out to Scarlett, we're going to meet up with some international earners from the UK uh, this week, actually, um, at our networking event, and then maybe something to do afterwards as well. So that's a, a real strong situation. We have our investment arm, which mm -hmm. we added this year, which is extremely important. Yep. Shout out to Lawrence. So Lawrence teaches an investment class every Monday and yeah. every Wednesday. And shout out to Chris, too, who's been part of the investment group. This that's a that's a powerful addition in itself. Yeah, like that, that one, that's that right crazy. There, that's worth the price of a mission right there. And then I do my monthly financial planning calls. That alone is worth the admission. Those are I, I sit for every single one of them. We're talking about two hours of Q and A about person. I mean, a lot of people talk about personal questions, but they kind of relate to the entire group. So it's incredible to say I learned by just being there. Yeah, infinity groups. Uh, where the earners actually have groups for themselves, mm -hmm. and then MG the mortgage guy. His home buyers blueprint. Um, he does bi-weekly real estate calls. Yeah, break bread. Yeah. So it's so much stuff that's in there. It's really it's a, it's a hands-on education. A lot of times people ask, like, what's different between that and the podcast? But the podcast is you're learning from people educating you through their experiences and talking. Mm -hmm. EY University is a hands-on experience where you're actually working with other people in the community, Zoom calls, um, question and answers, things of that nature. So that is the main difference. It is fastly growing and it's something that we're extremely proud of so what we're doing is since it will be my birthday on sunday and we will spicy season yes choice birthday is actually next thursday but um since we, since it is my birthday on sunday we're gonna run a flash sale for my birthday from now from the time this video comes out to sunday to the end of sunday because that will be the official end of my birthday so that's like four days pretty much i think um and that will be 65% off, 65% off the annual tuition. So you can go to EYLUniversity.com, take advantage of 
my B-Day sale, <laughs> not president sale. They're going to be like, what's your cash app? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that later. We're not doing a president, we're not doing a president sale. We're doing the chairman sale. Um, so I like yeah. that. I like that. <laughs> I like that. So yeah, you can, you can, you can go there and then sign up and become an earner if you would like. Um, but without further ado, the man of the hour, Julian Gordon, um, always a pleasure when we connect. Invest Fest made magic happen. You've been on pretty much every possible corner of the EYL universe. Yeah. You've been on Ranson Gym, been on Ash Cash's show. <laughs> Inner Wealth. Inner Wealth. Inner Wealth. Inner Wealth. Inner yeah. Wealth show. You've been on Earn Your Leisure. You've been on Invest Fest stage. Yeah, man. Now you're on YouTube. It might be time. What? Is it is it is it chaining day for Julian? It might have to be official. Uh-oh. E- Uh-oh. E-Y-L- we'll, we'll get to that later. Yeah. <laughs> I was just watching the Kanye movie. I'm the newest member at everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the newest member of the EYLT. <laughs> you, 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 you conquered the EYL universe. But um, yeah, brother, the floor is yours. I know I'm I'm in for a, a, a lot of information, a lot of gems. Um, so we're going to go through, you know, Julian has put together a presentation. We're going to go through that. And then we'll ask him some questions probably at the end. And um, yeah, man, strapping your seatbelts, uh, block out all the noise and get ready to learn. Facts, that, that's the goal, that's the goal. And so I just wanna celebrate you both for uh, building what you built um, and really keying in on the EYL University part. You know, we're in this day and age right now where we're in this um, influx between liberal arts education, which was pushed on us uh, very hard as children up until now. And I think what we're ushering in is what I call liberation arts education. So liberal arts education, it will cost you. And this is why so many people in our community have uh, so much student debt, but liberation arts education is what frees you. And so when you compare what we're charging for liberation arts education in EYL University in comparison to the amount of debt that people are in for liberal arts education, learning about Shakespeare. Shakespeare is not helping me live and succeed in today's world. Um, it's a fraction of the cost. And so, um, but, you know, a lot of people are jaded because of how much they spent on liberal arts education that they don't want to invest in themselves anymore afterwards. But I know I've spent more money investing in myself through courses, coaches, consultants um, after college than I did even to pay for college, literally over six figures I've invested in myself. And and when I look at other people who are successful on the network and including yourselves, um, it's the same exact pattern. Like we don't stop investing in ourselves because we are the asset. That's what people don't realize. We're acquiring assets, but we actually are the asset. And so to the degree that you develop yourself, um, the more successful you end up becoming in, in the world. So uh, thank you for um, building out this arm and expanding it beyond the podcast and uh, giving me this platform to share more about multifamily real estate. I went through um, the 383 comments on the video and I saw a lot of them <laughs> there and I was like, I was like, okay, um, these are the things that we need to cover. Uh, obviously, we can only cover so much in uh, hours time. Um, so I prepared this presentation to go deeper uh, on multifamily real estate investing. So this is like part two of, of the actual right, podcast. All right, cool. So let me share my screen Jeez, and confirm, confirm when you can see it. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Can you see it? Yep. Yeah, we got you. We got it. All right, cool. So uh, Rashad titled this How to Master Multifamily Real Estate Investing. Um, and uh, we're going to go in. I got, uh, I'm going to give you the agenda in just a second. Um, but just to know that I'm credible, we weren't able to show this on the podcast because obviously um, I wasn't sharing a screen or doing a presentation. This is more formal. Um, this is my actual real estate portfolio at this moment in time. Uh, it's 38 apartments, 15.9% cash on cash return, $1.3 million in appreciation, uh, $37,000 in monthly recurring revenue and rents, and $5.2 million in value. Uh, my journey started in Brooklyn, New York with this triplex here. 
in May of 2013. And since that moment in time, I have not paid a housing expense, not a mortgage, not a rent payment, nothing, no utilities, all because of this one single decision to buy a multifamily real estate. And like I always say, I went from paying expensive rent in Brooklyn to being paid expensive rent in Brooklyn off of this one single decision. And so from there, uh, obviously Brooklyn is, um, uh, the prices in Brooklyn are pretty crazy. So I started investing from a distance. So I found the New Orleans market and wanted to be a contribution there. I also invested in my hometown of Oakland, California. Uh, while living in Brooklyn. And I continued to expand my portfolio so much in New Orleans that I actually moved there for a period of time and then expanded it even further into Baton Rouge. So this is my real estate portfolio at this moment in time. This is just my private portfolio. I'm also the lead investor in four black uh, real estate funds. Um, and so when you add up the my proportional ownership of those funds as well, um, I'm moving towards 100 doors uh, very soon. And um, that's going to be one of our metrics at EYL is 100. What did you say, Rashad? 100 doors? What was it? Oh, no, no, that's a new club. That's a new club. 100 doors, 1,000 shares. That's it. You know, like Jay at the 4040 club. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. We have to create our own situation. You exactly. Know what I'm saying? Exactly. So it doesn't all have, all have to be private. You can actually acquire doors proportionally through uh, real estate funds like the buyback Baton Rouge fund that me and my brother Anthony Kimball uh, developed out in Baton Rouge. So in Tevin Wade. So um, while I'm proud of my own personal portfolio, what I'm even more proud about is uh, the students that I've helped accomplish this same exact goal and closing on their first multifamily home. These are some of my students who have closed on properties all over the country. And um, I couldn't have done this without uh, MG, the mortgage guy. I actually call him MG, the mortgage god, uh, because <laughs> the terms that he brings to the table, nobody can mess with him. And so uh, he's literally been responsible for helping half of my students close on their properties all across the country and so our collaboration is getting stronger we wish he could be here but i think he's on his flight to london as we speak and so as of this moment in time actually i need to update this excuse me as of this moment in time multi-family movement has helped uh 275 people close on multifamily homes all across the country um that puts us at about uh about 68,000 if the average price is 300 uh 250,000 that puts us at about 68,000 but i think the average price is more around 300 so that's more like 82 million uh dollars worth of real estate acquired that's hold on joe like we let's just take a second to acknowledge that that's incredible my brother congratulations on that and shout out to mg Appreciate that, man. Um, and this is just in two and a half years. And um, Matt and I intend to double that over the course of the next 12 months. And so um, $82 million of real estate. After that, we actually are going for a billion dollars in real estate acquired uh, by Black folks, by earners, by multifamily movement members. And so this is this is our goal. And we've learned a lot in the past two and a half years. And uh, we're just getting started. So this is a long, long journey. Real estate is a long-term game. And so this is what we're, we're focused on. And so um, that's $10 million in average rents that our members are collecting. Um, and after principal interest, taxes, insurance, CapEx repairs, are vacancy rate, that's about $3 million coming into our community every single month as positive cash flow uh, for the rest of their lives as long as they hold uh, these assets. So this is what we're really proud of. And this is the larger mission and vision beyond our own private portfolio. And so um, a lot of people think that financing is the part that makes acquiring real estate hard. And that's actually the easiest part. Um, it's actually finding the deals. And we're going to uh, go into that a uh, little bit deeper um, on this particular presentation. But for those who uh, believe that financing is an issue, uh, Matt and I put together this list of 147 down payment assistant programs organized by state um, that you can go grab and, uh, and get 
Um, you literally just look at your state and see if there's any down payment assistance programs there. Uh, some of them are $5,000 grants. Some of them are, uh, if you take a landlord class, they'll roll your closing costs into your loan. And so you can text get free to 844-901-3239. That's uh, get free to 844-901-3239. That's the Earn Your Leisure um, uh texting messaging system and uh, we'll send you that list of down payment assistance programs just so that we can get financing off the table especially when we're talking about financing your first property once you're getting into rehabs and new construction and things of that nature uh, there's different forms of financing but for that first property there are all kinds of programs out there to support you of course in the podcast we talked about NACA FHA and of course the VA loan all right so um, with that aside Here's what I'm going to cover in this particular presentation. Um, one, how to master multifamily real estate. We're going to go over real estate real talk. I need to get you very familiar with the vocabulary um, that we use as real estate investors. If you don't understand this vocabulary and these equations, um, you're going to be lost. And so um, this is different than buying a single family home. And there are key numbers, equations, and vocabulary words that you need to understand if you're going to be a real estate investor. The next is your real estate Rolodex. Um, uh, we're going to talk about all the relationships that you need. We don't find deals on truly a Zillow or Redfin. We find deals through relationships. They're called off-market deals or pocket deals. And so my last eight acquisitions have never hit truly a Zillow, Redfin, or MLS, right? Um, and we don't want that because when many people are seeing a property, right, and this property is listed on a website, that increases demand. And when demand goes up, what happens to price? Price goes up, right? And then uh, we're actually going to do an actual deal analysis. I know on the podcast, I talked about the 23 numbers that you need to know to evaluate a real estate deal. We're actually going to walk through a deal analysis on a property that I just found in New Orleans, all right? So that's the framework for our conversation um, today. So real estate, real talk. There are some keywords, uh, four keywords that I need you to understand. Um, the vocabulary list is a lot longer than this, but I need you to understand what I mean by multifamily. I need you to understand what rent and mortgage freedom is because that's the goal. I want you to understand what it means to buy right, not just go buy anything. And then I need you to understand what cash on cash return is and how to run the numbers, okay? Now, there are many different words in multifamily real estate, valuable vocabulary is what we call it. Um, and we won't be able to go into all of this uh, at this moment in time. But uh, if you just look at it, ARV, back-end DTI, a refi, or, or another word for refi is rebuy, because that's really what you're doing. Um, cash on cash return, cash out, refi, CapEx, uh, CMA, comparative market analysis, um, uh, debt service coverage ratio, DTI, front-end DTI, HELOC, LTV, OPEX, PMI, repair reserves, tax deduction, tax reduction or tax savings, uh, what a point means when you're getting finance and vacancy rate. These are some of the key vocabulary words that you need to be aware of. We won't be able to cover all of these. This is That's just a webinar in and of itself. Um, so we're just gonna lock in on the four that I mentioned uh, earlier, okay? So when I'm talking about multifamily real estate, what exactly am I talking about? I'm not talking about those 60 unit buildings that you see when you drive down the freeway that some of you are actually renting right now. I'm talking about two-family, three-family, or four-family homes, okay? These are also known as duplexes, triplexes, or fourplexes. There's only 2.6 million of them in the entire United States, and they only make up about 18% of the entire rental supply, okay? So um, we're looking for a very specific rare asset, but this is one of the most powerful assets that you can have in your family's name. Now, what's powerful about uh, two-family, three-family, and four-family homes homes is that they fall under the same residential guidelines as single family homes when it comes to financing. So the same exact lender that you would go to for a single family home is the same exact lender you would go to for a two family, three family, or four family home. Same 30-year fixed rate, same interest rate, right? And so that's what's powerful about 
about this particular uh, asset class. Um, and, uh, and so we're looking for something that's very specific and very rare when it comes to quantity, right? Now, if you buy a triplex or a fourplex in the right way, you can typically achieve rent and mortgage freedom with your first purchase. If you buy a duplex, you won't achieve rent and mortgage freedom. And I'm gonna explain what rent and mortgage freedom means in just a second. Um, because while you live in one side for free, the other side, the rents from the other side won't cover principal, interest, taxes, insurance, CapEx repairs of a vacancy rate. So you'll still have money coming out of your pocket, even though you require a multifamily. But if you buy a triplex like I did in Brooklyn or a fourplex, you can typically achieve rent and mortgage freedom and get rid of your housing expense forever, right? Through your first acquisition. And so that's why this play is so important. Now, I've only found three ways that you can get rid of your housing expense forever. I don't care how high your income is. Uh, I don't care where you work. Um, I don't care how much you've saved. There's only three ways to get rid of your housing expense forever. And that is to live in a tent, go to jail, because jail is free. You're not paying anything while you're there, except your cost, your life is wasting away. And then number three is buy multifamily real estate. These are the only three ways that I know that you can actually live for free forever. Um, some people say, uh, well, Julian, if you die, even if you die, you got to pay for a plot of land, right? Your burial plot. So even if you die, you have to pay for real estate. And so I've only found one way that will get rid of your housing expense forever, and that is multifamily real estate, all right? And so that is the goal, because if we can do this one thing, it'll literally change the financial trajectory of your life. So what is rent and mortgage freedom? This is our second vocabulary word, right? Um, we talked about what multifamily means in this conversation. Now, what is rent and mortgage freedom? Rent and mortgage freedom is a result of buying multifamily real estate, which has cash flow that eliminates your housing expense forever, right? So for most Americans, their housing expense takes up about one third of the money that comes into their household. So that's 35% of their uh, income. So um, if you have $3,000 a month coming in from your job, about $1,000 a month is going out towards housing. And we know that rents are continuing to rise. So imagine with one single decision, literally one single decision, you get rid of your housing expense forever. I'm not asking you to pick the right stock. I'm not asking you to uh, pick the right cryptocurrency. I'm not asking you to buy the right NFT. All I'm asking you to do is one thing, which is to buy a multifamily home. If we can do that and get rid of your housing expense forever and get you to rent mortgage freedom, it will literally free up everything for you. This one single, single thing will do that. It'll allow you to travel more. It'll allow you to save more. It'll allow you to invest more. It'll allow you to retire early. If we just do this one thing, everything in your life will change, right? And why this is so powerful, because everybody thinks that million dollar, becoming a millionaire is the target. This is so powerful because literally, Troy and Rashad, if we get rid of a $1,000 housing expense, whether that's rent or mortgage interest, right? And we invested $1,000 um, every single month at 6% annually, which is very conservative, $1,000 a month invested at 6% annually for 30 years is $1,015,590. So this is actually a guaranteed pathway for you to become a cash-based millionaire, not just an equity millionaire, meaning that there's equity in your home, literally to have over a million dollars in cash if we could literally just get rid of this housing expense forever. And so that is the focus. I tell people all the time, real estate is not a get rich quick scheme, right? This is a get rich guaranteed system over time. And it has been proven. It's been the number one subscription model in the entire world, better than Netflix, better than Amazon Prime. It has been here since the beginning of time. When you think about, when you think about the feudal system in the feudal system, kings gave land to lords in exchange for loyalty. Kings gave land to lords in exchange for loyalty. So where do you think the word landlord came from? It came from the feudal system. And that was a long time ago. And so this business model has been proven. I can't guarantee that Apple, Tesla, or Google are going to be around a thousand years from now. 
But as long as there are human beings on the face of this planet and we continue to have population growth, multifamily real estate will still be here and it will be more valuable than ever. Even if people go decide to live in the metaverse, guess what? Your body, your physical body will still need a place to live, right? So it doesn't matter what happens. This piece of uh, piece of real estate is, is, is powerful. And when you think about it, Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, what are they buying right now? They are two of the greatest landowners in the entire country. God's first gift to man before life was land. And so there is something valuable about land. And it's why we, as what I call children of God, have to come and reclaim it. So the next vocabulary word that you need to understand, because we don't just want you to go out there after this webinar and, um, and just start buying real estate because you can buy wrong. And you can get caught up and all of a sudden you you put your uh, proud post in the Facebook group, hey, I bought. And then one year later, you don't have the home because you bought wrong, right? And so we want to make sure that you buy right, meaning that this asset stays in your family for the rest of your life. And so I want to give you the criteria, four criteria for what it means to buy right, right? So buying right means that one, there's at least 12% cash on cash return, right? The uh, And this is important. Um, this is really important. Uh, that you know how to calculate that. Most people do not know how to calculate that, even real estate agents. Um, for those of you who have passed on your decision-making to a, an empowered a real estate agent to make decisions for you, my question to you is why would you allow a real estate agent who does not have the wealth that you desire to make the biggest financial decision of your life? Why would you allow a real estate agent who does not have the wealth that you desire and does not own any multifamily real estate to make the biggest financial decision of your life? You cannot be pushed around, persuaded. Oh, yeah, well, you know, the market is, you got to move quick. You got to make an aggressive offer. Okay, what's your balance sheet? Ask your real estate what their balance sheet is. Ask them how many doors do they own, right? You are responsible for this decision. And it is up to you to evaluate the deal. And then it's up to your real estate agent to execute the deal. But you have to be the most educated in this process. Cash on cash return, the most important number in multifamily real estate investing is not on the real estate exam, family. It is not on the real estate, not teach this, okay? Real estate agents come to me to learn about multifamily real estate investing so that they can, one, build their own portfolio, and two, serve investor clients like myself who buy multiple properties uh, every year, all right? The next criteria for buying right means that the cash flow is at least, at least $300 per door. If it's any less than that, then it's really not worth it. So $300 per door, if you buy a fourplex, that's $1,200 in cash flow from a particular property. Now that can cover your two car notes, that can cover uh, that can cover a mortgage, that can cover a cell phone bill, um, restaurant, groceries, insurances that you have to pay. We want it to have significant impact and eliminate your other expenses that are leaving your household every single month, right? The next criteria for buying right means that there's immediate equity. Immediate equity means that you locked in the contract at $300,000, but it appraises at $325,000. That means you're stepping into $25,000 of equity immediately right out the gates. And then the fourth criteria is that there's definite appreciation potential, definite appreciation potential, meaning that based on the 33 signs of gentrification, we covered some of them in the podcast. So go back and watch that. Based on the 33 signs of gentrification, that you found a property that is in a neighborhood with 10 to 15 signs of gentrification and is moving towards 33. You never want to buy in a neighborhood that has all 33 signs of gentrification because now you're buying at the peak. If you buy in a neighborhood that has 10 to 15 and is moving upward, then you know you're going to benefit from that appreciation. So when I bought in Brooklyn, New York, right, in Bed-Stuy, it was called do or die Bed-Stuy. It was called Crooklyn. 
in Crookland or do or die best. I had 10 to 15 signs of gentrification and I saw what was happening and it was coming. What did Jay-Z say? I should have bought in Dumbo, Dumbo, right? I saw the wave coming from Manhattan to Dumbo to Fort Greene to Stuyvesant Heights to Bedstock. And now that wave is all the way out in East New York going towards JFK. And what has happened to my equity as a result of me getting to ride that wave? My equity on that property has gone up by $400,000 in eight years. That's $50,000 a year in appreciation for me doing nothing. Some of you at this moment in time don't even earn $50,000 a year. I earn that passively just because I bought right. That's why it's really important for you to be able to understand and see what the 33 signs of gentrification are, identify them, and find properties that are in that zone of 10 to 15 with upward trend. All right. So I'm going to give you an example of another property that I bought uh, bought. Uh, right, because I have uh, all the appraisals and everything right here for you as evidence. So I bought this property in Oakland, California, my hometown, uh, in November 2017 for $480,000. Okay, it immediately appraised while under contract. Uh, a appraisal is required by the lender, and it appraised at $505,000. What that means is that the uh, the seller's agent made a mistake. The seller's agent do, didn't do their due diligence, and as a result, they underpriced the property. Right, so. I'm stepping into $25,000 of equity right out the gates. So I'm already up. I've already won. Okay. It's not cash, right? It's equity in the property, but my net worth has increased. So from there, this property, because of the great rents in Oakland, it, it definitely appreciate, I mean, cash flows at over 12%. And then 27 months later, when I went to refinance as the interest rates dropped um, in February, 2021, the property appraised at $710,000. So because I bought right, I'm up $230,000 in 27 months with no major repairs. The only repair we had to do in Oakland was a sewer lateral because that's for, that was required. And that was about $6,000. That was required by the new buyer of the property. And that's for all properties bought in Oakland um, in the Bay Area uh, um, it's during a certain time period, okay? So that's a major win. That's almost a quarter million dollars in appreciation in 27 months, okay? So this is the power of buying right. And something about this property, guess what, y'all? I've never set foot in this property. I have never set foot in this property. I bought it from a distance while living in Brooklyn, New York. I knew the neighborhood because I was from there and I knew the numbers and I had a great agent on the ground. So your money does not have to work in the same city as you do. When you learn real estate investing in the way that I teach it, your money does not have to work in the same city as you do. Some of you own Amazon stock and never been to Seattle. Some of you own Nike stock, never been to Oregon. Right. So the same thing applies with real estate. When you understand what I'm teaching you, right, when you understand the real estate real talk, when you understand how to build a real estate Rolodex and when you understand how to run the numbers, you can invest anywhere without actually even going there. And so that's what opens the world for you, because a lot of people limit their real estate search to just what they see and what they drive by on a daily basis. All right. That's how I ended up expanding my portfolio in New Orleans, uh, smaller, less expensive, uh, less sexy market than Brooklyn. Right. I was comfortable with investing from a distance. If I was to invest in Brooklyn and try to build my portfolio there, saving up 25 percent for a non-owner occupied down payment um, on a million dollar property would have been required a quarter million dollars in cash. And um, that would have taken oh, quite some time to save. All right. So those are some of the key vocabulary words, the real talk that you need to know. And it needs to be like your it, it needs to become your new language. I know this is a secondary language for some of you, um, but you have to develop this language so that you can navigate this space, right? Anytime you're going into a new country, you have to learn the language. Rashad and Troy, obviously they're in England, so they're in London. 
so they speak English, but if they were to go to Paris, right, um, they would have to learn a little bit of French so that they can navigate that space properly. The same thing is with real estate investing, all right? So those are our foundational pieces, all right? The next thing we want to get into is your real estate Rolodex. A lot of people ask me all the time, Julian, where do you go to find uh, multifamily real estate deals? What websites? And I look at them and I tell them, I don't go to websites. As I said earlier, my last eight deals did not come from any website. They came from human beings. So a lot of you have the hookup at a store like Foot Locker or Best Buy, grocery store or some restaurant. How do you have that hookup? You got the hookup because somebody you know works there, right? You got the hookup through an individual, through a human being. And real estate operates in the same exact way. We don't go to Trulia Zillow. Right, that's where multifamily real estate deals go to die. Any real estate, multifamily real estate deal you see, in fact, I don't want to call it a deal. You have to understand the difference between a listing and a deal. Okay, everything that comes through the MLS are real estate listings. We are not looking for real estate listings. We are looking for real estate deals. All right, that's all we are looking for. Anybody can put out a listing, and your agent, your uneducated agent, is going to say, "Hey, I found a real estate deal that you should look at." How? Hey, this is what you should. Ask them, how do you know it's the deal? And they won't be able to answer the question. Well, um, it just came on market and uh, it looks like it's a good price and it's a great neighborhood. No, that does not make something a deal. And so when we go through running the numbers and we know the criteria for what it means to buy a right, you're going to understand the difference between a real estate listing and a real estate deal. You do not want to buy a real estate listing in this market because you will be stuck. Because guess what happens when interest rates go up? Guess what happens to the property values? Property values go down because less people want to buy with at those higher interest rates. And so you, if you buy a, a listing in this market, you're going to be underwater as soon as interest rates go up and you don't control interest rates, right? And so I want you to be very careful uh, to make sure that you buy right in this particular market. In fact, Rianomi did some research and they said that mass market listings regularly command a 30% premium to off-market deals. Mass marketed listings, meaning listings that go on websites, command a 30% premium to off-market deals. All right. Um, so moving forward, uh, what is really important for you to know is is what I call the four eyes of real estate, the four eyes of real estate. All right. And that is having eyes for the market. Right. Having eyes for the market. How do you know if a market is expanding or contracting? All right. right? Then you have to have eyes for the neighborhood. Right. This is where the 33 signs of gentrification come from. So eyes for the market means that what do you see with your eyes when you walk into a market and what data are you looking for to know if that market is expanding or contracting? Then eyes for the neighborhood means what are the 33 signs of gentrification? Right. Do, what do you see? Do you see yoga studios? Do you see coffee shops? Do you see a Whole Foods? Do you see Trader Joe's? Do you see bike lanes? Do you see the white woman running in her Lululemon and uh, with her ear pods in at 9 p.m. in what used to be called the hood? These are six signs of gentrification, right? Then from there, you have to have eyes for the property. And this is really key because a lot of people spend time going to open houses and things of that nature. They spend time going to open houses and things of that nature, but they don't actually know what they're looking for because HGTV is the one that has shaped their perspective on real estate, right? HGTV will teach you to look at real estate for the aesthetics and the beauty, but I'm teaching you to look at real estate for the asset and the business that it is. So when I go into a property, there's a tool here in the multifamily movement real estate investor workbook, um, and it is the property value assessment. And in this, I have 40 signs of hidden value and 30 signs of hidden cost. 
I'm not looking for granite countertops. I'm not looking for stainless steel appliances, which are buzzwords from HGTV. I'm looking for this hidden value and hidden cost. An example of hidden value would be a livable, uh, livable attic or basement or an extra bedroom that uh, did not get counted because it actually didn't have a window, right? These are examples of hidden value that you can find in a property that can actually increase the rental revenue that you get from that property because the listing agent missed out on adding that to the listing, all right? So when you're going and doing due diligence on a property, you should not look cute. The only people that should be looking fly at the open house is the real estate agent. You, due diligence is dirty meaning that you need to be in some old tennis shoes and some old sweats because you're going to need to be on your hands and knees to look at the foundation. You're going to have to climb up to the attic. You're going to have to be able to see the roof if you can. You're going to have to wipe your hand on the dirty HVAC. Due diligence is dirty. And I can already know who's real in terms of real estate and who's not based on how they're dressed at the open house, right? And so this is a key part of the process to be able to see this as a business and not for the aesthetics. We're not looking at granite countertops. We're not looking at stainless steel appliances. As I said at um, InvestFest, why would you make a $400,000 decision based on a $1,500 detachable French door stainless steel refrigerator? That makes no sense. You can go get that refrigerator from Lowe's or Home Depot right now if it's really about that refrigerator, right? That refrigerator has no impact on the actual structural integrity of this asset that you are seeking to buy. We need to look at the things that are most important and that are actually most costly. Stainless, uh, granite countertops, it costs $1,500 under Mount Sink for granite countertops, okay? So we don't make $400,000 decisions based on $1,500 uh, $1, um, uh, things that uh, HDTV has lifted up and created buzzwords around, all right? So you have to understand how these shows are shaping the way you look at real estate and literally, I tell people, you got to turn off HGTV. You can only watch JGTV because they will literally tell you to do the opposite of what I'm teaching you to do when it comes to real estate investing. Uh, screw the property brothers. I'm your new property brother with an A. And I'm going to keep it real with you about real estate, right? Um, so this is really key. I know some of you are fixated on these shows, um, but if you really want to get into real estate right now and you want to be in multifamily real estate in particular, um, then you have to change the lens through which you look at real estate. Finally, you have to have eyes for the deal, right? Eyes for the deal means there's typically three ways to structure a deal based on the type of deal that you found. And you have to know which one is best based on the actual deal, all right? So the question then becomes, how do I find off-market deals? Well, I have off-market deals coming to me every single day via Instagram, via Facebook, uh, via Craigslist, via email, right? Um, via text message, friends sharing off-market deals. And these all come through human beings and relationships, right? This is a really key part of the equation. And, and so real estate is a contact sport. You have to be in contact with people and you have to be in contact with properties. Uh, we do not just find deals magically through a computer and through technology. It is through human relationships. And so to really win in this game and in this market, you actually have to build your real estate Rolodex. You have to establish yourself as a personal brand and as a real estate investor. You can change. I am are the two most powerful words in the English language. And you can change your identity by when you introduce yourself to people, say, I'm a real estate investor and I'm looking for a property in this specific neighborhood at this price point uh, that fits this criteria. And you start letting people know all over and all around you that this is exactly what you're looking for. And this is how you start to become a magnet to deals. People are literally sending me deals all the time because they know who I am. 
right? And so this becomes a personal branding exercise in addition to a research exercise for you to be able to attract off-market deals to you regularly that don't hit Trulia, Zillow, Redfin, or MLS, right? So let me share with you some of the relationships that you need in your real estate Rolodex to succeed at doing that, okay? So how do you make your map? In New Orleans, I have a real estate Rolodex of about 66 people. That includes um, multiple real estate agents. That's a bar right there. Most of you rely on one real estate agent. You sign an exclusive agreement. Why would I limit my search for a deal to one agent in their eyes? Now it's just my eyes and their eyes looking for deals. I work with multiple real estate agents in cities like New Orleans. And whoever brings me the deal, that's who gets the commission. I'm not going to sign an exclusive agreement and then cut off my opportunity to find deals with another agent because I signed this exclusive deal. So you have to be very careful and you have to stand in your power and your value. And an agent who truly understands that if I, I, I get to eat off of what I kill, right? An agent who truly understands that will understand why you don't sign an exclusive deal with them, right? So the, the first thing we need to set up is Zillow and Truly Alerts, okay? Um, and this is less about you finding a deal through those spaces, but it's more about awareness of what is happening in the market, right? Just to make sure that inventory is coming to you so that you can actually compare what you are finding off market to what's actually happening on market. So that's one of the uh, first steps, right? And then next is um, talking to owners. Um, are you somebody who uh, is speaking to people? Or are you quiet and reserved and introverted, right? There are literally people who own several properties, but you would never know because you've never asked. And you haven't made real estate uh, a part of your identity, all right? You're seeking to get information, but in order to win in this game, it has to become part of your identity. And so I'll tell you that um, there is an elder in Baton Rouge who has built a sizable portfolio, thought that she was going to hand it down to her sons, but her sons no longer live in Baton Rouge. And so guess what? She continuously, every time she wants to release a property or liquidate, she reaches out to myself, Anthony, and Tevin in the Buyback Baton Rouge Fund, and we are able to acquire those properties, right? So you would know based on what she drives or how she looks that she's in the real estate game or has this massive portfolio, but because we are constantly talking to people and we are personal branding ourselves through the internet and things of that nature, they see us as doing good in the community and therefore deals come our way that never hit truly a Zillow or Redfin or MLS, okay? Third is real estate agents. Again, I told you a uh, major gem is we don't sign exclusive agreements with real estate agents saying you're my only agent. I'm only going to do a deal with you. Nope. Um, I have multiple agents who are searching for real estate deals for me um, in the various markets that I'm in. Right. And you have to train your agent. If you do this right, you should be more educated than your real estate agent. My real estate agents, they come and learn from me about multifamily real estate. And I want them to learn. Why? Because the more educated that they are, the less listings they'll send me and the more deals that they'll send me because they'll know what the criteria is. They'll know how to calculate cash on cash return, which we're going to cover in just a second. Then uh, foreclosures and auctions. You can Google foreclosures and auctions by your city or your county assessor's office. Um, uh, and it's very it's different for every uh, city, county, uh, city or county. So you'll have to Google that to find out when those auctions are. Um, right. And so the, um, this is... Uh, this is difficult to do, however, with FHA, because um, typically when you're buying from an auction or something like that, it's going to require all cash within, I think, 48 to 72 hours. You'll have to pay all cash. So this is not something, uh, those of you who are first-time buyers and trying to run this play, this is not something that uh, will likely work for you, okay? The next one is 
abandoned property. So this is called driving for dollars. And when you see um, uh, grass not being cut, when you see mailboxes overrunning, when you see boarded up windows, um, you can actually do some research to find out who owns that property and see if you can get in contact with them. Now, some of you would be scared by a property that looks like this, right? You'd be like, oh, I wouldn't know what to do with that. But every deal, absolutely every deal has a number that works. That is a win-win for the seller and for you, okay? Every deal has a number. So we don't just look at something on the outside and say, oh, that's, that's terrible. Um, I don't know how I'd ever be able to do that. Every deal has a number, has a price that will work for you and that is worth it to the seller. And if you can get two people to agree on that price, then that's where opportunities come in, all right? People have to sell properties for various reasons, right? They may be going through a lawsuit. They may be having health issues. They may have lost their job. They need to liquidate. They may be going through a divorce because that people sell properties. And when you find somebody at the right time uh, dealing with the wrong reason, that's oftentimes when you can get a deal on a property, okay? The other thing I encourage you to do is I encourage you to run around town. I encourage you to explore a certain neighborhood that you have just overlooked in your own city. You think you know your city. I'm from here. I've been here for 10 years. But there's literally nooks and crannies in your own city that you may not be aware of. And so I encourage you to get off that freeway exit. I encourage you to run a different route than you ran when you jogged the last time you went around. I encourage you to explore your entire city so that you almost as if you were in a helicopter, you could if we were in a helicopter together, you could actually point out what's happening in the real estate all around your city, not just in the nooks that you're familiar with because you grew up there, you worked there, you went to school there. No, I'm encouraging you to go into all those neighborhoods that you have overlooked and think you know, but really don't know. The next is talking to contractors. Anytime you see a contractor's truck uh, at Lowe's or Home Depot, or you see one parked in front of a house and you see them walking into their, uh, get their business card. Talk to them. What's going on with this house? Is it for sale? Is it being rehabbed? Who's the owner? Um, who's your boss, etc. Get information. Again, the reason contractors are so important because they will tell you about, if they know that you're an investor, they'll tell you about deals because guess who's going to get the work once you close on that deal? They will. So it's a form of business for them when they can find people who are willing to invest in properties that they can't uh, afford themselves, but uh, can get paid for, can't get, get paid when they're uh, hired to do the work. All right. Um, next is finding estate sales, right? When um, things are going into probate and uh, it's under a trustee and people are liquidating assets, you can find estate sales. Um, open house signs is an obvious one that most people rely on. You see some balloons, just go out. When you see some balloons, just pull over. You got five minutes, go in, look at the property, see what's happening in the neighborhood, see what kind of interior design is going on to actually uh, command the value that they're asking for. Talk to the agent that is there, hear what the buyers are, are looking for. Um, get in the habit of just pulling over and running up in open houses just to get familiar with what's happening in your market. Then, of course, there's telling your network. This is where the personal branding comes in, letting them know I have stepped into the identity that I am a real estate investor and letting the people around you know. Sometimes we kind of keep these things secret and that cuts people off from uh, from sharing opportunities with us. This is the deal in Oakland that came to me through my little brother, through my little brother because he was aware of who I am and what I'm up to, he sent me a deal. He wasn't in position to move on it. His friend uh, had inherited this property um, from his uncle and was ready to sell it. Um, the deal didn't end up working when I ran the numbers, but I got this from my little brother, right? From my own sibling, all right? Then, um, then uh, 
a real estate investor um, meetings. So there's all kinds of real estate investor meetups. You can go to, um, what is it? Um, meetup.com, uh, or you can just type REI, uh, real estate investor um, meetings uh, in my market and then your city and go to those and build networks with the people that are there who are also interested in real estate. They're called REIA meetings. Um, these are a uh, real estate investor association, right? Um, and then again, meetup.com is a way to find uh, other me meetings in your network. Okay. Then the next one is wholesalers, right? People oftentimes get confused about, about who wholesalers are. You see these signs all the time. Uh, we, we buy houses for cash or things of that nature. That individual does actually not buy the house for cash, right? That individual is a mediator that is uh, that has either got a contract on a property, right? Through cold calling, through research and things of that nature. And they're looking for a cash buyer. So they're trying to attract that person who needs to sell their home for uh, quickly, right? And then they also need to have a balance of buyers. And so they aren't the actual individual who buys it for cash. They're actually looking for you to buy the property from them for cash. And they take a little cut in the middle for bridging that gap, right? So anytime you see what they call bandit signs, actually call the number and say, hey, um, I'm a real estate investor here in this city and uh, I'm looking for deals in this criteria. Please add me to your email list or your text messaging list and send me any deals that you have come across your way. And I get emails all the time, wholesale deals not on MLS. Look, that's the actual that's the actual subject line of the email. Wholesale deals not on MLS. And you can see I got a whole bunch of deals that were sent to me because um, this wholesaler is great at actually attracting and attracting um, uh, great off-market deals, right? And then finally, skip tracing owners. So skip tracing owners means that you use tools um, like City Records, uh, the assessor's website, whitepages.com to actually identify who actually owns that property and text and text them or call them. Um, my single family home that I bought in New Orleans, again, after I had several multifamily homes, um, uh, I found it through uh, skip tracing an owner, literally through whitepages.com. And uh, I reached out to her and at the moment she didn't want to sell it. And it wasn't until a year later, I kept following up every three months. I kept following up because she wasn't making any moves on this abandoned property. And eventually she said, I'm ready to sell. And that ended up becoming uh, my uh, single family home. I bought it for 140, put in 60 to it and appraised at 400, All right? This is what it means to find an off-market deal. So this is the power of building your real estate Rolodex. People won't tell you this. They just say, go find a deal on a website. Deals are not on websites. Those are listings. We are looking for off-market deals. So um, now I want to talk to you about how to run the numbers. And this is going into real estate returns, right? This is one of the key factors of the game. And we're going to go through an actual example using the purchase or pass deal analyzer, right? The reason this is so important is because for us building wealth, we always have to be able to compare our options apples to apples, right? So some of you are committed to stocks, right? And how does stocks compare to a real estate investment? How do you know which one you should do? Should you double down on Apple right now or should you buy this fourplex? How does investing in um, this piece of real estate compare to putting more money into your business, right? Is your business gonna have a greater return than this real estate investment? 
And then of course, we know that a savings account is only yielding 0.03% interest. Um, and if you use a rule of 72, 72 divided by 0.03, it will take you 2,400 years to double your money in a savings account. So usually we're gonna take that apple off the table because there's no way to build wealth. You cannot save your way to wealth. You have to invest your way to wealth. And so the apples to apples comparison that we use between these different asset classes is cash on cash return, otherwise known as return on investment. And so in order to compare your stock portfolio or your business to a real estate investment and know which one you should make a move on in this given moment in time, you have to know how to calculate cash on cash return or return on investment. Many people don't even know how their stock portfolio has returned uh, over time. They might have an aggregate, oh, I'm up 36%, but that's been over the past four years, right? And so if we annualize that, what is the actual average rate of return on that portfolio? It might not be, it's not 36%, right? And so you have to be able to run these numbers. In fact, in, in chat, um, how many of you know what the S&P 500 has returned over the past 21 years? Since January 1st, 20, 2000, since January 1st, 2000, what do you think the average rate of return has been on the S&P 500, which is a major stock market index? Just type it in, in the chat. What do you think the return has been annually? The average return annually. A lot of people think that the stock market just increases by 10% annually. Just put your money in the stock market and it grows by 10% annually. Um, that is not true. It's not even close to the truth, right? I've actually run the numbers and numbers don't lie. So you can debate me if you want to, but the S&P 500, January 1st, 2000 was 1469. At the end of 2021, it was uh, $4,766. Now that's a huge gain. That's almost like, uh, that's almost 3X. But when you look at the annualized rate of return over that 21 year period, which is a good amount of time, that's 5.76% annual rate of return. That's only a 5.76 annual uh, rate of return. And so, as I said before, when we're talking about buying multifamily real estate, right? We're looking for at the very minimum, a 12% cash on cash return. So we're looking, and I ideally like 15%. So the asset class that I'm teaching in terms of multifamily real estate has a three times greater rate of return than the S&P 500 and a lot less volatility, like these negative 38%, or even uh, last year up 47%. Because single family real estate can have volatility with the market, but multifamily real estate does not, okay? Because what happens in a down market when people People are in a down market and bought single family homes that were overpriced and they get foreclosed on. Where do those single family buyers go to live, y'all? Where do those single family buyers go to live? They go to rent. And so now the demand for rentals increases. And when demand goes up, what happens to price? The price of rent goes up. So multifamily real estate is one of the most secure recession proof asset classes that you can engage in. Right. So it's really important to have an apples to apples comparison. So I want to teach you what cash on cash return is, not just from a verbal uh, verbal standpoint. I want to show you the numbers for cash on cash return, because you need to be able to analyze this for your stock portfolio, for your business and for real estate investing decisions. So I'm going to use an ATM machine. So imagine I found an ATM business that produces one thousand and ninety dollars per month in cash flow. Okay. And to acquire this ATM machine, it's going to cost you $10,500 right now. Okay. Some people might be like, man, Julian, I can't find $10,500. Um, trust me, when you understand what cash on cash return is, you will find this $10,500. So the question is, will you give up or go get the money? Now, see, a lot of people think that real estate is expensive, but it is not expensive when you know how to calculate cash on cash return. If I find a $10 million deal, right? And 
the cash on cash return is 20%, that is an amazing return. And I'm actually going to go find that $10 million, right? Because now I'm able to make $10 million. Actually, it's going to cost $2.5 million to get into that deal. I need to go find $2.5 million, which is 25% down payment plus some closing costs. So let's say $3 million. I need to go find $3 million to actually close on this property. And then that $3 million that is mine as well as investors is working at 20% while we have this property under control. That's amazing return. The S&P 500 is only 5.76%, right? So it's not about what is, what is expensive is your savings account. Your savings account is expensive to you because you are losing value, especially when it comes to inflation. Cash, this is the lowest yielding asset in the entire world. Holding cash is expensive. I know that doesn't make sense. What do you mean? Having money is expensive. Yes, holding cash is expensive. This $5, let's say it was $10. If inflation was 10%, right? Then that means that your $10 is not only worth $9. And on top of that, it's only earning 0.03% interest in your bank account. That is what is expensive. So when you find a great enough deal, right, that has a surefire cash on cash return that is worth it, you will figure out how to go find the money, all right? You will figure it out. And so there are many different ways to raise money and, and um, finance real estate deals. So how do you calculate cash on cash return for this ATM machine business? Cash on cash return is the annual income from that investment divided by the uh, divided by the initial investment. So $1,090 times 12 months, right? That was a cash flow divided by 10,500, which was the initial investment. This is the 124% cash on cash return. Again, the S&P 500 was only 5.76%. So this rate of return is absolutely remarkable. And for those of you who um, uh, are Elon Musk fans, I did Elon Musk um, annual rate of return from the moment he sold Tesla, no, the moment he sold PayPal, his 180 million to what his net worth is today, Elon Musk annual rate of return, what I call his personal internal rate of return, uh, has been 44.44% annually since he sold out of PayPal. 44.44%. That is the highest individual rate of return that we know of at this moment in time. And this is what has made him one of the wealthiest people in the world. So you don't need, um, so 20% is really, really good, right? 20% is really, really good if we know that Elon Musk is performing at 44.44% at this moment in time, all right? So let me give you a simple example of cash on cash return. Then we're going to go into um, a deeper example. So here is a duplex. Here's a duplex that I actually control in New Orleans. And the price, $300,000, 3.5% down with the FHA is 10500 the same as the ATM machine, right? The rents on this duplex are $1,600 per month per unit. So that's $3,200 uh, per month. The mortgage on this property is $1,259. The taxes and insurance are $335. And the CapEx repair reserve and vacancy rate are $515. So in the YouTube video, a lot of people are saying, Julian, well, how do you pay for repairs with the multifamily? Well, every single month, I set aside money for repairs from rents. So for CapEx, capital expenditures, um, another vocabulary word, um, that includes your roof, your foundation, your electrical, your plumbing, and your HVAC. We know that over time, five years, 10 years, those things break down and they have to be replaced. So rather than waiting for those um, moments, what we do is every single month from rents, we set aside money, 10% of rents in a separate account for when those things occur so that we can maintain the structural integrity of this home. There's so many real estate buyers 
who buy a property and never put any money back into it. And then they wonder why they aren't commanding the value that they desire when they're ready to sell it because they didn't put any money into it. They literally let this home that they could have bought it new, right? And 30 years later, now they have a 30-year-old home that needs a whole bunch of new stuff and they can't sell it at market value. So we as ethical investors to take care of our tenants and as good stewards of these properties, we make sure that we continue to reinvest back into the property. And that's where CapEx comes in. Repair reserves is 5% of rents. And that is for um, leaks, broken window, uh, the um, a quick fix on the uh, heating system, paint, a broken door, uh, keys, things of that nature. That's what repair reserves is for. And vacancy rate is 5%. And that means that we assume that one out of every 24 months, the uh, this unit is going to be empty. Somebody's going to move. We're going to have to repaint it, et cetera, and uh, it'll be vacant. And so we set aside money for that so that we can still pay the mortgage even um, when that rent is not coming in from that unit. So we literally set aside about 20% of rents for CapEx repairs over vacancy rate, right? And this is really powerful. Now, if you have a single family home, where does CapEx repairs over vacancy rate come from? It comes from your personal savings account. Nobody's there to help you fund that. It comes from you. When the roof breaks, and is leaking, you have to come out of pocket $6,000. You got to pull it from your retirement. You got to liquidate your stocks. You have to pay for that. With multifamily real estate, it is being accounted for and included in rent. Okay. And so when you look at this particular deal, the cash flow on this is $1,090 a month. This is an ATM machine family. You've been driving by ATM machines on your way to work, on your way to pick up your kids from school, on your way to the grocery store. You've been driving by ATM machines, but you couldn't see it as such because because you've been taught to buy real estate and look at real estate based on emotions. I'm teaching you to look at real estate based on the economics, all right? So answer me this. What other business can you buy right now, family, for $300,000 with only $10,500 down, get financed for the other $289,000 simply by emailing some documents to a lender, right? Have a, get financed for that in 30 to 45 days. Have that business immediately cash flow in the first 30 days and succeed with minimal time, effort, or experience. What other business can you buy like this right now? There are none. There are no other businesses that you can buy at this level with this amount of leverage. And the reason why is because real estate is a physical, tangible asset that if you fail to pay, right, the bank can reclaim and resell. They can get their money back and get it out. They're not going to finance your 10-page business plan that has no revenue, right, at this level. But with real estate, especially multifamily real estate, they will. And this is why they give you a credit for 75% of the rental income that you're going to get when you're getting finance for these particular properties is because um, they know that your mortgage is being subsidized by the people you are housing, providing affordable housing for, right? So this is really, really key. Now, this home that you see in front of you, this is actually a million-dollar home. But most of you wouldn't know it because you uh, because you don't know how to run the numbers on a real estate deal. This is a million dollar home. It will never be featured on HGTV. And guess what? I don't care. Right. And let me prove to you that this is a million dollar home. We talked about cash on cash return. Right. Well, cash on cash return is only one of the four ways that multifamily real estate actually pays you. Right. So over the next 30 years, this one property, this duplex will pay me six hundred and thirty eight thousand dollars in passive income, right? That is after principal, interest, taxes, insurance, CapEx repairs, urban vacancy rate. I will get $638,000 from this one property. The tax savings on this property, because the tax code is written for business owners and real estate investors, 
I will save $278,000 in taxes on a $300,000 property family. I will be able to save $278,000 in taxes on a property that I purchased for $300,000. Did you hear that? Okay. When you understand the tax code is not tax evasion, this is tax avoidance by leveraging the tax code that was actually written for real estate investors and for business owners. Right. Then the principal pay down of $225,000 will be by the tenants. I take from their rent and I use that to pay down the principal. Right. So that's $225,000. And then if this property appreciates by 1% every single year for the next 30 years, and 1% is conservative, real estate typically um, appreciates at around 3%, that would be another $104,000. So when you add that up, how much is this one property worth, family? $1.2 million. This is a $1.2 million property, but you wouldn't know it by looking at it. So this is why I'm teaching you not to look at real estate from an emotional standpoint. You have to look at it from an economic standpoint. And I have 15 of these properties and I'm going to continue to buy more and more and more. All right. So when you imagine what my net worth is going to be just off my real estate portfolio alone, 30 years from now, it's going to be amazing. And because of CapEx, repair reserve and vacancy rate, not only will my properties uh, be cash flowing, but they will still have the structural integrity because I pour back into the property that is calculated in. See, there's some people out here who will talk to you about cash on cash return, but they will not account for CapEx repair reserve and vacancy rate. They're just telling you, well, here's what's left over after we pay the mortgage. No, there are other expenses that have to be accounted for to get to the true cash on cash return for a particular property. And as you get better and better and better, your deals get sweeter and sweeter and sweeter. So in the beginning, I was getting deals at 12% cash on cash return. And as I get better and better at identifying deals and negotiating, once I'm under contract, now I'm moving towards 15, 17, 20% cash on cash return. Indefinitely, indefinitely, okay? So I told you earlier on that um, I, I collect around $37,000 per month in rents. I do not keep all of that, right? 60% of it goes to principal, interest, taxes, insurance, CapEx repairs over vacancy rate. Right? So what I'm left with is about $15,000 in positive cash flow passively. Now, $15,000 a month times 12 months, that's $180,000 a year passively. And I built this portfolio in just eight years. Literally, if you just put your head down for a decade and you buy as much multifamily real estate the right way as possible, you can literally have over six figures in passive income for the rest of your life. And then once these mortgages fall off, right, then my daughter when she's 36 years old, is literally going to have over $300,000 in passive income for the rest of her life. She doesn't even have to manage the portfolio because property management, which we set aside six to 10% of rents for, right, will be able to take care of it and just send her checks for the rest of her life, right? So this is the power of just locking in on a specific asset class, right, and, and doing everything you can to acquire as much as you can while your active income is high until you get to a point where your passive income has surpassed your active income, all right? So when you're buying multifamily real estate, it's different than buying single family real estate. I hope that's clear by now. When you're buying single family real estate, it's three decisions, right? It is how much do we get approved for? We got approved for 400,000. How much is the home? It's 390. Do we like it? Yes or no? Three factors when it comes to buying single family real estate, right? When it comes to buying multifamily real estate, there's actually 23 numbers that you need to know to evaluate a multifamily real estate deal effectively. This is the purchase of past deal analyzer. I'm going to walk you through it in just a second. But if you literally leave out one single number on the purchase of past deal analyzer, you could step into a bad deal. The purchase of past deal analyzer takes all emotion out of this game and it makes it purely economic. Okay. It tells you 
what the cash on cash return is, right? And it tells you whether you should purchase or pass on the deal. I run every single deal through this. I'm able to analyze the deal in less than 10 minutes because the only thing that beats a cash offer is a fast offer. So I run the numbers quickly. I text my agent what number worked for me. And then I get a purchase agreement signed within 15 to 30 minutes. And my offer is in. A lot of y'all out here on Truly and Zillow, flipping through photos, heart and stuff, putting it in your favorites folders, talking about, oh, look at this open concept and look at this nice backyard, right? While my offer is being submitted. And then you wonder why every time you come back, right? It says under contract or pending. It's because you haven't moved quickly enough. You didn't have the confidence and you didn't have the knowledge to be able to make aggressive offers. And this is why you keep getting beat out by people who are more educated than you, right? So this is a key part of the equation. Now, in order to find a deal, I want to give you the reality of the game, right? This is not a love at first sight type thing. In order to find a great deal, this is the actual process. This is the deal funnel, right? So I have deals coming to me from agents, wholesalers, contractors, skip tracing websites, the entire real estate Rolodex that I talked to you about, right? Now that can be lead to a hundred listings, right? I don't know if they're deals yet. That's a hundred listings. Now, when I do the 1% rule, which means that rents have to be, the monthly rents have to be at least 1% of price. So if the price is $300,000, the monthly rents have to be at least $3,000 per month for me to even go any further with that deal, Okay. And so a lot of properties will not pass the 1% rule. And there are some exceptional markets like California, like New York, um, some parts of Florida, some parts of Texas, where we do not use the 1% rule. We might use the 0.7% rule, okay? Otherwise, we don't look at that deal. Those are appreciation markets and not cash flow markets, okay? So then now I'm left with 40 deals. 60% of them did not pass. Then I run the 40 deals through the purchase of pass deal analyzer. And that leads me down to 20 deals. 20 get eliminated when I put in all 23 numbers, okay? Then from there, I go visit that listing in person, right? Um, or if I have an agent on the ground in a distant market, they go visit it. Then I might make offers on 10 out of 20 of those deals, right? Then of those offers that I made, I might only get four contracts. And of those four contracts, only one might actually get to closing. So this is how you actually get to a real estate deal. And so if I want 10 deals, right, in the next year, then guess what I need to do? I need to actually look at a thousand properties. It is purely a numbers game. And some of you just aren't looking at enough deals. So to conclude, I wanna walk you through the purchase of past deal analyzer. I'm literally gonna show you how to evaluate a deal properly, all right? So this is a deal that just came up on market um, in New Orleans. I don't know if it's a good, excuse me, it is a, it is a listing, okay? I don't know if it's a good deal or not. I'm actually going to guide you through the process of how to evaluate these deals. So I need to switch over my screen and uh, we're gonna go through, uh, we're gonna go through this right now in real time to see if this is something we should pursue. All right. So let me um, go get the tool. Give me one second. Yo, you're now tuned in to JGTV. That is a yes, fact. yes, yes, <laughs> that is a whole fact, man. This is incredible. This is incredible. So let me pull up the tool for you. All right. So this is the purchase of past deal analyzer. We've actually turned this into an online software now, but I'm, I'm just sharing with you the old version. Uh, all kinds of equations are built into here. Um, this literally will show you uh, what this property 
company will pay you over the next 30 years, et cetera, the tax saving that you'll get, all of that is mapped out here in these other tabs. Um, but now it's an online software that is only available to uh, my students and MG students uh, in 4321. So here's where we start. We, we go to this listing. And one of the key things you need to know on uh, Trulia is you want to select the multifamily tab, uh, mark here, right? And then you can also put in keywords like fourplex, right? Um, and that will refine your search and you can save that search. Again, I don't find any more deals on Truly and Zillow, but for those of you beginning, this is just a way to have inventory start coming to you. So you can see that in New Orleans right now, there's only eight listings that fit this criteria, all right? So from there, we have this listing. I'm gonna take the URL. I'm gonna take the URL. I'm gonna put that here. I'm gonna take the address. I'm gonna put that here. Okay, and now we're gonna run through the numbers as quickly as possible, all right? So the home price, the home price is 495. That's what the seller wants. So uh, I'm gonna put 495 here, okay? Down payment uh, for me as a real estate investor who's not going to live in this property is going to be 25%. If it is owner occupied and you choose to use FHA, it'll be 3.5%. If it is NACA, it will be 0%, right? If it's VA, it would also be 0%. That means you're gonna occupy one of the units, okay? But I'm gonna run this as a real estate investor who's not gonna own or occupy. Right now on a non-owner, no, since most of you are gonna be FHA, I'm gonna do FHA for you, okay? Now, interest rates are rising right now. So let's say that you're able to get a 3.75% interest rate from Matt. Closing costs are typically about 6%, but they can vary based on the market that you're in, okay? So now we see our total upfront investment is $28,000 for this property, right? Again, we're sending you the list of down payment assistant programs to help you with that if you think that number is too high. Otherwise, you can go through NACA, which has no uh, down payment and no closing costs, right? Now, one of the key numbers that you have to get, and this requires research, is the uh, annual property taxes, okay? And so the way you get property taxes, you're going to go to your city's assessor's website, okay? So in New Orleans, it's nolaassessor.com. No, in New Orleans, it is nolaassessor.com. So you need to get very familiar with this website. You're going to go to search records. For me, I have to click yes and accept. I think I still have the address there, 709. It pops up, search, you see the same exact property right here, correct? So now we take that and we say, how do I find the property taxes? We know that in 2022, it's gonna at $27,000, okay? The land value is 23,000, the building value is 251, the total value is this, New Orleans has a 10% assessment rate. So that's how you get to 27,440, right? But that is not what the annual taxes are gonna be, okay? Here in New Orleans, they have something called estimate taxes. So I click here, I paste in that number, and then I click compute. That gives me the annual taxes for that property. So I'm going to take that number, I'm going to put that into the annual taxes, okay? Building value, we have that. Uh, let me see, do we still have it? Building value, this is for uh, tax purposes. So anytime it says building or improvement, that improvement means building, okay? So I'm gonna put this as the land value and then improvement or building are the same thing. So they're valuing this at 251, okay? And this is just for tax purposes. It had nothing to do with the price you were negotiating with the seller, all right? So now how do we find the rents? That is the next question. 
So there are a couple of websites that we can go to. We can go to um, apartments.com and see what things are renting for around there. We can go to Rentometer. Um, but in this particular neighborhood, I'm going to section eight these units. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to Google, I'm going to Google in New Orleans, <laughs> section eight is called Hano. Okay. And I'm going to look for the payment standards that Hano has for 2022. And I pulled those up and this is how their payment standards come out. So this property is in 70119. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to look at 70119. It's eight bedrooms. So that means four units means two bedrooms each. So that's 1287. Now 1287 is probably their height. So just to be conservative, I'm going to take 1287 and I'm going to consolidate that to $1,200. $1,200 for each unit, okay? Even my unit, because with FHA, I only have to live there for one year. So once I move out, perhaps to my single family, then I'm going to be able to rent this unit for $1,200 a month. So this is $4,800 in total rents, okay? Other revenue could include washer and dryer on the property, parking spaces, things of that nature. Right now, we don't have any of those. So we already know, remember the 1% rule, $4,800 a month in rent would only justify a price of $480,000. So we already know we're below the 1% rule, okay? So that could mean that this is not a deal. So now you also have to know how the city, what the city requires of the tenant and what it requires of the landlord. In New Orleans, water and electric and trash uh, are on the tenant. So these are gonna be zero, zero, and zero for me. But if I look at these pictures, there's some lawn care out here, right? And there's probably some lawn care in the backyard. So I'm going to have to pay somebody about $30 every two weeks to come do that as the landlord. Okay. Then um, once I move out, I'm going to have to pay a property manager anywhere from between six and 10% of rents. So I'm going to put 8% for a property manager. If you remember, what was CapEx? What was CapEx, everybody? What percentage rate was CapEx? 10%. That is for what five things? So let's see who remembers. What five things? That is for HVAC, roof, foundation, electrical, plumbing. We know that these things need to be swapped out every five to 15 years. And we set aside money. Literally, in this case, we're going to set aside $720 a month in CapEx, right? We're not pocketing that. We're not going to vacation with that money. That's going to be in a separate account so that when these emergencies happen, that we have the money to pay for them, Okay. Now, vacancy rate, we're going to do 5% five, uh, 5%, and repair reserves, we're going to do 5%. So look at this, y'all. Our operating expenses, literally of the $4,800 in rent, $1,884 is going towards operating expenses, okay? This is what most people will not tell you. When they run cash on cash return, they will not account for these things that are extremely important when it comes to running the numbers on a deal. Now, in New Orleans, I know that homeowner's insurance is going to be around two fifty. dollars then we're going to have flood insurance. Some of you might have earthquake insurance. Some of you might have a tornado insurance, right? This is going to be another $90 a month, okay? And, uh, and then because this is FHA, FHA is going to have a PMI expense, and they're usually going to charge you a point for that. So that's going to be 1%, and uh, PMI is in, indefinite on FHA, right? And then if there's any repairs, right, we need to paint. Let's say that's $4,000 to paint. And let's say it's $1,000 for a deep cleaning. So now we look at this particular deal and our monthly cash flow is negative, which is a negative 238. And it's negative 10%, meaning that I'm losing money with this deal. And you can see down here, 
the purchase the pass deal analyzer says pass 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 it only says green where it says can i afford it yes i have enough savings to afford it right do i have enough reserves to pay for this property yes but when it comes to cash on cash return being greater than 12 percent the monthly rents meeting the one percent rule pass um opex uh being less than 50 percent pass and cap cap rate being greater than six percent means pass so this deal is a no-go we just ran these numbers in uh, about 10 minutes and this deal is a no-go. I throw it to the side and I keep on with my search. So this is the power of knowing what you're doing. Literally, if we leave out one number, let's say you forgot to put in taxes, right? Let's say you forgot to put in taxes and you forgot to put in your PMI expense and you forgot to put in your property management, right? Um, and let's say that you overestimated rents. Somebody told you that rents were uh, 1500 in, in that neighborhood and they were increasing and you thought that your interest rate would be uh, 3%, but it ended up being 4%. All of a sudden, some switches in numbers, uh, excuse me, you thought your interest rate was going to be 3%, some switches in numbers, and all of a sudden, you think that you are going to have monthly cash flow of 1328 and a 55.6% cash on cash return all because you got some hearsay here about what rents were going to be. You forgot to account for property management, your homeowner's insurance. Uh, you underestimated uh, homeowner's insurance, right? And you forgot to put in your PMI expense. You, you didn't even know what PMI expense was. You think you're stepping into an amazing deal, but when you actually acquire the home and you actually get the real numbers, you realize that you step into a mess and you're likely going to have to sell and lose money right? Or you're going to have to live there until the property organically appreciates to put you in position to sell. So this is the danger of not knowing what these 23 numbers are, where to find them, how to find them quickly, and how to evaluate a deal in the proper way, all right? So that is how you analyze a multifamily a real estate deal. Um, we at EYL and the multifamily movement never, ever, ever want you to make mistakes on these deals. This is why we put together this particular um, uh, this particular webinar for you because we see a lot of people getting inspired by what we're doing and the information that we're sharing and they just wanna run out there and do it. But if you go do it and you're not educated properly, you will literally step into bad deals. And we do not wanna leave a sour taste in your mouth. We don't have any room. If we're gonna close this wealth gap, if we're gonna close this home ownership gap, we don't have any room for us to make any mistakes. We all have to be on one accord. We all have to know exactly what we're doing. And we all have to go swoop up the best deals as quickly as possible. So with that, I want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I hope that this presentation has blessed you and just moved you one step closer to becoming a multifamily real estate investor. With that, I'm going to pass it back uh, to Rashad and Troy and to close us out. Yeah, man. Yeah. man. All God's people say amen. <laughs> <laughs> now, always, always thorough, man. That was crazy i felt like i was actually going to university yo bro i got like no joke no joke i'm taking like my notes right here yes bro. yes <laughs> yeah man so i mean that's pretty much like you know I, I feel like there's not really a lot to really talk about we talked about so much but i just want to ask a few questions before before we wrap um since we're in london we don't we're not actually doing the traditional how we have earners coming on ask, asking questions due to the time difference but um yeah. A few questions that I had that I saw some people might have had from the last episode and maybe they might have um, now is um, when analyzing, I know you talked about that a few times on the episode and today, the 12% cash on cash return. Yes, sir. Um, so like for somebody that like, all right, 
we understand like that's what you need to get. But like, can you just break that down a little bit more for people that are still kind of newer in the space? Yeah. So right now, right now, um, uh, Bank of America savings account is producing 0.03% interest, right? So rule of 72 tells you how long it takes to double your money. So 72 divided by 0.03 means that in a Bank of America savings account, it will take you 2,400 years to double your money, right? That's terrible. 12% cash on cash return will be 72 divided by 12, meaning that the money that you put in in terms of down payment and closing costs will double every six years. So if your down payment and closing costs were $30,000, then six years from now, that $30,000 is going to be uh, 60. Then it's going to uh, it's going to double again, right? And it's going to double again. So it's really the rule of 72 is just a quick way to uh, estimate how quickly your investment is going to double. And we know that Bank of America savings account is 0.03% interest. We know that the S&P 500 has performed at 5.76% over the past 21 years. And so if we can get double that, with a multifamily real estate investment deal, it just means that you're creating wealth faster. And that and that's done through like the comps, all of the numbers, running the numbers and actually seeing what Correct. the what the future Correct. what the what your buy-in price is and what your expected future price will evaluation. No, no, will no be. that's appreciation. This is just yeah. cash on cash return. Remember, there's four ways that multifamily real estate pays you, right? That's cash on cash return. You still have appreciation, then you have your tax savings, and then you have your principal pay down. So what most people don't know is that. We can't even, it's hard to actually compare multifamily real estate to even stocks or business. And the reason why is one, you can live in the asset, right? You can live, you can't live in your stock market portfolio. You can't live in your cryptocurrency. So it's eliminating your biggest expense in life, which is housing first and foremost. Then on top of that, um, there's the appreciation, right? There's the tax savings and there's the principal pay down, which the other asset classes don't, um, don't give you. So uh, the actual annual rate of return on a great multifamily real estate deal, when you account for all four is actually 25%. Hmm. Cash on cash return being 12. And then the other three adding up, even though it's, it's equity based, it's tax savings based, et cetera, the actual real return on a multifamily real estate investment should be around 25% when you add in the other three. Incredible. So you, you spoke about this early in the presentation. You said there's 147 assistance programs. Um, and you spoke about the landlord classes. I'm interested. Obviously, it's state by state. You have to find uh, what, what fits where you live. But can they keep be combined with each other? Almost like when we talked about like scholarships, like how many can we have? How many assistance programs can we have? Usually, usually no, you can't stack on a, a 50% off coupon with another 50% <laughs> off coupon and say, hey, can I get this yeah, yeah, for free? Yeah. <laughs> it don't work. Usually you can't stack the programs on onto each other. Um, uh, not that I know of. Uh, so you can't, people say, can I use FHA and NACA? No, you don't, you don't need FHA and NACA. You, do, you can't use FHA and NACA at the same time. So um, no, typically uh, you, you can't stack. Okay. Let me ask you this about the gentrification thing. Cause you spoke about a few signs. What's your, what's your favorite one or what's one that you haven't spoken about publicly or one that most people aren't thinking about in that 33 that um, would might catch somebody by surprise or it's one that everybody can kind of, you know, recognize like what's one that mm. the last time. Um, the the favorite one uh, we have in Baton Rouge is city plans. It's city plans. Um, going to those city planning meetings, reading their reports, and seeing what their plans are for a specific neighborhood. Now, sometimes city makes plans and they actually don't move on the plan. They'll pay a consultant a whole bunch of money and not move on it. But when you start seeing the city actually commit financial resources to that area. Um, you know they see something and you know that you can be a part of it. And so in Baton Rouge, the community is so small there. 
uh, we are tapped into people in city council. And so we know when things are going to happen and for real before they even hit, you know, like news and things of that nature. So we're able to move with that knowledge based on what? Relationships. And so city plans um, is one of the key things. A lot of us are just, a lot of us have distanced ourselves from politics because it feels so irrelevant, but the city planning is one of the key places. If I know a transportation route or a new train station or new roads or bike lanes or um, a stadium or anything like that is going to go in a particular neighborhood, I already know what's going to happen to the real estate in that neighborhood. So staying in touch with city council um, when you're playing at a large level. Chris Senegal said that, remember? He said that? He was the first person I actually heard that said that when he was on um, you, the city plans. That's mm. your brother. Yeah, 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 it's like right, in, it's right in your face. Um, sometimes we're looking for answers that's right in our face. And he was like, you can literally go and they're giving you the city plans for the next five, 10 years. And they're telling you like, this is what we plan to do. This is the areas and nobody, it's like local politics. Nobody never pays attention to it. And Correct. It's happening. So that exactly. was interesting that you said that. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, 100%. And so Chris is somebody who I've invested uh, in and with um, in Houston, um, also invested, obviously, with Buyback Baton Rouge Fund, and then Brittany Rogers, also out in Houston. So um, in terms of uh, ways to get into real estate and, and contribute to funds, if you are having difficulty building your own portfolio with uh, due to credit or income, there's other ways to get involved through real estate funds as well. Yeah. So when, when you started the process, obviously you, you said you've been in it for over eight years and well depth and knowledge. When you talked about the eyes on the property, it's, it's crazy because when you were talking about most of the time, we're trained to think, all right, does it have stainless steel appliances? Does it have the ground top? Does it, right, it is a sizable front yard or something like that. But you said the, the, the hidden value is what you should be looking for. So you, you gave yeah. some examples of the living attic and I guess our first basement. Are we looking at these because obviously we can turn this into a livable space that now can be rentable or what, what's the process and thing about that's, that? That's exactly, that's exactly right. Even like new HVAC. I know that I got a five to seven year run on this HVAC before it has to be changed out. That's, that's hidden value, right? Um, whereas if I see a roof that is on its last leg, I know that that's going to be a big cost. That's a hidden cost that's mm -hmm. going to catch me up if I can't assess that roof properly, right? Um, or my inspector doesn't catch it. Um, so yeah, that's livable space. That means more rental income. Um, especially when you have a fourplex, there's only so many ways to increase uh, rental income. But if this listing was positioned as a two bedroom, but you're actually like, wait, if I just put up a wall here and there's a window here, then that actually makes this a three bedroom. Now, when I go to those panel payment standards, now I can actually go to the three bedroom payment standard instead of the two bedroom. And that's an additional $200 a month, right? because it's now a three bedroom that this bedroom happened to be real large and they just did poor planning of this space, but literally with the door wall and a little bit of electrical done, all of a sudden this two bedroom now converts to a three bedroom. And since each apartment is laid out identical, I can now turn this eight bedroom apartment into a 12 bedroom apartment. Yeah. And so now I'm getting $800 more per month. So what, what are the, some of the requirements that you need? Cause I know there's somebody listening right now that's like, you know what, I think my attic is livable. Is there a certain ceiling height? Obviously we have to have a door, maybe a closet, a window. Like what are the things we need to have to make it livable? Yeah, so you gotta go through the planning and get, get it permitted, right? So you gotta do that and make sure that it's okay from that standpoint. Um, so livable space, uh, I know one of my properties has slanted attic ceilings and the appraiser would only, um, only uh, count the area where the ceiling was a certain height. So it left off all this side space, right? But that was for the appraisal. But if somebody if somebody's living there now, right? And if that person values that space, regardless of planted ceilings at a certain rate, that's additional income that was not there 
based on the previous owner because I chose to put in this amount to finish the attic and I found a tenant who actually values that space. You see what I'm saying? So, gotcha, gotcha. And then we have to run the cash on cash return equation for that. Okay, it's going to cost me $20,000 to finish this attic, to put in a bathroom, to put in floors, to finish the ceilings, put in the right electrical, et cetera. That attic is going to bring me um, $800 per month. That's $9,600 for the year. $9,600 over $20,000 is almost a 50% cash on cash return. That's a no brainer that we call that a return on renovation. Okay. Because I made a renovation. This is how much the renovation cost me. This is how much it's going to bring in. Right. And if I can add a 50% return on anything, that's a green light. You see what I'm saying? Gotcha. Yeah. Julian. Always, always a pleasure. So before we wrap, first and foremost, thank you for the for the information. Extremely okay. valuable and extremely important. Make sure you watch this at least three times, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Listen to it on a podcast outlet. Share it with a friend. Very valuable, very valuable information. And um, once again, this was just a sneak peek of what we do every single week at EYL University. We have over 100 archive classes. We have book club. We have a movie club. We have infinity groups. We do monthly financial planning calls. We do real estate calls. We do uh, two times a week. We go over the stock market with Lawrence. Um, so that's a whole vibe within itself. Uh, so if you are interested in joining EYL University, we're running a flash sale for my B-Day. It's Pisces season's choice birthday is a few days after mine. So mm -hmm. from right now until Sunday, we are doing 65% off the annual membership. Um, that is maximum value. I mean, I like that. The chairman sale. Yeah. We got that. Run with um, it. So that's, that's that. <laughs> And go to EYL University if you want to take advantage of that. And then also, Julian, if you if you watch the episode, you know that him and Matt actually came together and they put together the 4321 strategy where they combined Julian's uh, community, Julian's program with MG the Mortgage Guys. I call it the real estate encyclopedia as far as what he incredible. did with the home buyers. Yeah, the dude's incredible. And, and they put that together. But more, more than just the educational course, it's actually a community where uh, you know, Julian, you know, they have Zoom calls mm -hmm. and they actually work together and they actually, um, you know, are actively going out there and buying property. So mm -hmm. it's always good to have a community because now you have more um, of an incentive, you, you know, positive peer pressure. We talked about that before, like positive peer pressure. Peer okay. pressure can be negative or it can be positive. If you're around people that's pushing you forward, nobody wants to be in last place. Nobody wants to be the dumbest kid in the class. So you, you push yourself forward when you're around good, positive people. And mm -hmm. that's one of the things that Julian has built with his community as far as with the real estate investors. Um, and, you know, we did the Black Friday sale, which was extended for the episode, which, you know, since we did the episode, this is the follow-up for that. So it's going to be the same, same thing. So the same deal. So if you didn't take advantage on Black Friday, if you didn't take advantage for the episode. <laughs> it's last time. <laughs> it's the last time. Yeah. Third time's a yeah. yeah, stop it. Stop it. Take advantage at some point, man. And the website for that is get4321.com. We'll put the links to both of that, EYL University and get432.com in, in the description of the video. Once again, that is a community for Julian, MG, the mortgage guy. They came together. The greater forces of real estate came together. And if you're looking to get into the real estate and really scale, not just, you know, buy one home, but really scale and buy, you know, multiple homes throughout the course of a decade and really, you know, build generational wealth when it comes to real estate, brick and mortar, which isn't going anywhere. That landlord situation is funny. We're in England right now. So we just came from yesterday. We was at um, the House of the Lords. The House of the Lords. <laughs> And uh, we got like a private oh. tour of the House of the Lords. And, you know, <laughs> so when you said the landlord, yeah, I, yeah. I never 
I never knew, but it makes sense. It makes sense why it's called landlord. Um, yep. So yeah, and, you know, just to see that, you know, just to see, you know, all of this old monarchy and all of the stuff that, you know, was taken and stolen and however they got it, but they still have it. Like they still have it to this day. And you know, to see like Buckingham Palace and all of these real, and real estate out here is crazy. Like I think oh, this yeah. is like the most expensive real estate market <laughs> no, in the world. Different. We store like one, two bedroom apartments for like $3 million, like a penthouse for $280 million. A Russian billionaire bought a penthouse. The Saudi, the Saudi royal family is building like the most luxurious um, towers. So everywhere we go, the Uber drivers, the drivers, they're all showing us like this cost this much. This is the yeah. most expensive and it's all real estate. It's all real yeah. estate and it's only going up in value. So it's like even that $2 million, two bedroom apartment sounds crazy until 10 years from now when it's worth $4 million. <laughs> so anywhere, anywhere in the world, anywhere Thanks. in the world. So imagine real estate. 100% real estate, real estate, real estate. Um, It's not going anywhere. Even if the metaverse is here, it's not going anywhere. Matt and I are committed to helping 300 people close on their first multifamily um, home this year. And um, that's why we combined forces. Uh, we have had so many successes um, thus far, and we just are trying to streamline that process and help more people get to the finish line. You know, tools like the purchase of past deal analyzer, those are only through our program. Um, you can't get those anywhere else. I know there's some people in chat saying, how do I get that tool or how do I get that workbook? That is through the program. So if you're ready to make this happen, you're serious about making sure that you close before the end of this year, um, then go to get4321.com, get4321.com. I think we, we should probably close it around Troy's birthday. Troy is Thursday? Thursday. Yeah. Yeah, so we should probably close that around Troy's birthday. This is the third time. Um, and On the yeah, third day of the third month. <laughs> yeah, third day of the third month. So third time, th this is it, um, Black Friday, because this program is worth way, worth way more. Um, I don't know if folks have heard of Fortune Builders or whatnot, but Fortune Builders charges thirty dollars to $50,000 for what Matt and I are teaching. We are literally charging a fraction of that. Why? Now, Fortune Builders, I believe, is worth thirty dollars to $50,000. Why? Because I just give you demonstrations of how I made way more than thirty dollars to $50,000 through real estate. But the problem with fortune builds is they charge you so much for the education that you're left with no money for the execution. So what we decided to do is we're going to make the education cheaper so that our people have enough money to actually execute on the information that they've learned. And so um, this, this is uh, why we do it. We're doing it for the people and we're doing it for the culture and we're doing it to get this land back. And the reason they call this the land of the free is because they got so much free land. And, um, and we were here before slave ships. We were here. You go look at any Omex sculpture. We were here. So we're just here to reclaim land that was ours by birthright. And um, we're doing it through multifamily real estate. Um, and so uh, shout out to MG. I know he couldn't be here. He's on his flight to London. Uh, I, I wish you all the best. I hope you turn up for your birthdays. Uh, I hope London treats you really, really well. And uh, I can't wait to see you when you get back stateside. No, I appreciate that. But the last thing that I'll say is that it's not an either or because, you know, we talk about stocks a lot. We talk about crypto and uh, right. it's really you got to do both in everything. Right. And I look at that even um, when they was giving me the tour and they were showing me the royal family of I think it was Qatar um, or one of these Middle Eastern empires. And they were saying like they're building, they, they're buying all this real estate. And, you know, so they get the money from oil. Right. That's like the, that's how they actually get the money. That's how they became billionaires off of the oil. Mm -hmm. And they're diversifying and now they're buying stocks, they're buying real estate. So now that you, you got to do multiple different things. So, mm -hmm. you know, real estate has always been an asset and something that has always gone up in value. And you look at uh, Bill Gates or you look at, you know, the royal family of Saudi or the royal family of Qatar, any of these, you know, people that have made money in other sectors, 
they always diversify mm-hmm. and they come back and they buy real estate. So they get money from stocks, they get money from, you know, crypto, they get money from oil or technology companies or whatever. And part of the diversification strategy is to buy real estate. Yeah, so as a fact. on a smaller scale, you, you should be you should be thinking the same way where it's like, all right, you know, I got a business or I'm, I'm trading stocks, I'm doing options, but a portion of that money has to be diversified and real estate is always going to be something that goes up in value as long as you buy it correctly, right, right price, right place. Can't go wrong with real estate. I'm glad you brought up Bill Gates because most people know him as the founder of Microsoft, but he's also the largest uh, landowner of farm, farmland in yeah. a country. And yeah. so you turn that asset into something that actually produces assets. You see how it diversifies over time. Yes. Education, ladies and gentlemen. So, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Take action. Uh, go to eyluniversity.com. Take it. Take advantage of that sale that we have running to the end of my birthday and get 4321.com. Take advantage of the Black Friday sale, which will be expiring on Troy's birthday. So we have two two birthday sales actually running simultaneously. Run it up. Um, been a pleasure. Julian, thank you. My brother, I appreciate you. Yes, yes. Appreciate and, y'all too. You know, you know what we got to end with. If you're renting, <laughs> <laughs> the legendary line. Run it back. <laughs> the legendary line. Yeah. Appreciate yeah. y'all, man. Go enjoy yourselves. All right, bro. All right, bro. Love you, love y'all. Be, be good. Hopefully, this is the last time you hear this ad because with Chime Checking Account, Features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and getting paid up to two days early with direct deposit, you can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade to spend more time listening to your favorite podcasts. Or at least grab yourself an extra morning latte this month. Join millions of Chime members who work on their financial progress with fee-free overdraft and no monthly fees. When you find new ways to save, you can reach your financial goals easier and still have the occasional treat. Take more control of your finances and say goodbye to monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com slash goals24. That's chime.com slash goals24. Chime feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com slash disclosures for details.